Welcome to the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast with your host, Kelly Sisson, wife, mother, therapist, and hippie at heart who loves Earl Grey iced tea, deep conversations, and encouraging others. If you need a little encouragement today, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. I am so excited to introduce you, if you don't know her yet, if you're in North Dakota, you absolutely might, Mandy B. Anderson. She may be my new favorite person. I absolutely loved this conversation, and I know that you are going to find so much value in it. What is super fun, too, is that this is just part one of our conversation. You know, Mandy, she has a podcast called She Who Overcomes that I absolutely love. I recommend it to so many people for them to go listen to it. She is just fantastic over there. But the second part of our conversation is actually going to be on her podcast. So you want to make sure you hop over there so you can hear the second part. She's actually going to interview me. And probably about 15 minutes, believe it or not. So I'm really excited for that conversation. And um, I'm sure you're not going to want to miss that either. Mandy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Kelly. It's an honor to be here. Oh, well, thanks. I was so excited when you said that you were willing to be on. And after I've listened to some of the episodes of your podcast, my goodness, I was like, I have so many questions. (laughs) So I'm really, really (laughs) excited to have you. Thanks for listening and thanks for sharing it. Absolutely. I'm wondering, can you introduce yourself to the listeners? Absolutely. So I'm Mandy B. Anderson. I am the chief creative officer and a life coach and business strategist at a company that I own with my best friend called Rayma Team. It's R-A-Y-M-A. And we really help entrepreneurs and business professionals get that accountability and the tools that they need to succeed with their goals, whether it's personal or professional goals. And a lot of what we do is helping them attack things that maybe they've procrastinated on, or maybe they've thought, oh, I just can't find a way to make it work. And so that's really what we focus on is giving people that coaching in a way that helps them think for themselves as well. Yes, that's fantastic. I love that. What if what a great mission, truly. And how what a fun way to be able to help other people too. It is. You know, we've owned our company for 6 years. We used to be called Big Blue Couch Coaching mm-hmm. and we used to work primarily with women with life coaching. And as we evolved as coaches and business owners, we noticed that our client base was evolving too. And so now having the ability to help women and men is really super special because I I love the women's empowerment that's happening in our world today. But yes. I think there's so much that we can learn from men as well. And being able to, to help them and see how they think and um, giving them different ways to look at things is really fun as well. Yeah, that's great. You know, I do think, because um, I'm all about, you know, women supporting women as well, but I do think in some ways, especially like the personal development world, um, you know, men, uh, not that they're not a part of it, because they certainly are and uh, in, in some ways dominate some of that. But in other ways, I think just men typically in life are... Um, not expected to really want to dive into some of that, you know, and so it's good to be able to give them that support as well. Mm -hmm. It is really fascinating because as far as the leadership in the personal development and professional development world, it's mostly men that you hear about that have, have risen to these big platforms and these big stages of influence. 
but when it comes to finding men who are willing to step up in everyday life and live differently and lead differently, it's not quite, at least up here in North Dakota, yes. not quite the same. And so it's fascinating to watch that paradigm shift. Yeah, I would 100% agree. It's That's really interesting. That's an interesting point. I wonder if it is more just, you know, regionally and culturally, or if that is across the board, that would be really fascinating to to dig into a little bit. Yeah, we'll have to pay attention to that and maybe yeah. do another episode yeah, in the future. Yeah, I love that. That is fantastic. That's an excellent idea. So, you know, I'm wondering, can we talk a little bit? Well, first of all, uh, if we can, sh- if you feel comfortable sharing with the listeners, you know, some of your health struggles that you've been through and the fact that you ran a half marathon, which regardless, I've actually ran one myself and that is like quite a feat. But on top mm-hmm. of that, having some of your health difficulties that you do, like it's just ridiculously impressive that you were able to do that. I can't even put it into words like how in awe I am of your ability to just be so resilient through that. Oh, well, thank you. Absolutely. I'm I'm really an open book. I don't have any problem sharing any of the things that I've uh, overcome or that I'm currently working on overcoming. So I was born with something called cystic fibrosis, and it's a genetic disease that affects your respiratory and digestive system. And when I was diagnosed at six months old, way back in the early 1980s, the outlook for somebody with CF was not that great. It was known as a child's disease because most kids barely made it into adolescence. And it was quite rare if you made it into adulthood. And so through through a lot of uh, medical technology and research through the years, it's a really exciting time to be alive with this disease because there's so many options and solutions. At the same time, it's such an interesting disease because there are so many different genotypes, so many different levels of what, what living with CF looks like from patient to patient. So for me, I was always really healthy. Um, my, I was always within like 2% of the normal range of, of health for lung functions and pretty close to where I should be for weight. And my parents taught me to be really responsible. And um, I kind of grew up never actually knowing what it's like to struggle with CF because I was always so healthy. Um, I would be in the hospital for what they call a tune-up. They make us sound like cars. I don't know why, but... Uh um, (laughs) I was in the hospital for a tune-up maybe every four years. And um, what that is, is it's two weeks of being in the hospital, literally just for IV medication. Most of the time when you're in there, you don't even look like you're sick, um, but you just need that IV medication because you have some sort of bacteria in your lungs or some sort of a virus that you really need to stay on top of so that you don't lose any lung function. Mm -hmm. So there was actually a time in my life where I went 11 years without a tune-up. Oh, wow. And I really do contribute that to my parents teaching me how to be responsible. Um, They also took cleanliness to a whole new level. Yes. Um, At any given time, you could walk into our house and it looks like a a sterile, beautiful magazine, like, cover. It it was really um, something that they wanted to do to make sure that, that they could control me being healthy as much as possible and set me up for success and for a longer life. So that's, um, that's something that I'm really thankful for today. Um, the, the funny thing about this half marathon is that 
if you would have told me 20 years ago when I was a you know 17 year old in high school that I was going to run a half marathon, I probably would have laughed at your face because any type of exercise growing up was not something that I enjoyed. I was telling a friend of mine that I've known for over 20 years, I, uh, we had coffee a couple of weeks ago and I said, do you remember when we were in track together in seventh grade and you were like this awesome track star and I was seriously just there for the picnics and oh she laughed because she's like, the picnics? What do you mean? And I go, well, you know, like, what else do you call it when you have a group of kids in the middle of the field waiting for their race or waiting for their next competition and we're all eating, fueling our bodies, but we're all sitting on blankets. Like, right. that's a picnic. Yeah, absolutely. So I was there for the socializing and that only lasted one year because I hated, absolutely hated running. It was something that hurt yeah. um, when I would do it. I just, I didn't enjoy it. But what I did do is I was a singer. And so I, um, I'm an only child and so I spent a lot of time home alone when my parents were working. And so I would pass the time by singing along to Celine Dion and Mariah Carey. And I conditioned my lungs and my voice to be able to match them and oh, to cool. hold a note out as long as they did. And so I think for me back then, my exercise was singing. Mm -hmm. um, flash forward to today, and we'll probably get into some of this, but I've had some years where I made some decisions and um, went without medication for two years. And that was not a smart choice. It ended me um, in the hospital for 22 days fighting for my life. I went from, um, well, when I, when I stopped medication, um, I was probably right around 80 5% lung function, 85% of normal with my PFT lung function. And um, I ended up in the hospital with 22% lung function. And oh, wow. today, because of social media, you can connect with so many different people who have the same struggles that you're going with. So I've met a lot of CF patients through Instagram that their normal is like their normal life is right around. 22% or 30% or 40% lung function and they're they're doing okay with it even though they're they're waiting for a lung transplant for me that was a very dark season of my life um, I had never experienced being that sick before I was also going through um, some PTSD and anxiety and depression from losing our home to a house fire and I also went through some depression and anxiety from a miscarriage that we didn't even want kids. And mm -hmm. so then going through through an early miscarriage and having that uh, experience of grieving something you never wanted, right. it was just the perfect storm for some, a, a lot of emotional, mental and physical uh, pain. Mm -hmm. And so for me, 22% lung function looked like um, not having enough strength to even crawl down my hallway sometimes without taking a rest or without having my husband carry me because it would just take too long to get somewhere and he would just need to help me out. It wasn't that I, I couldn't do it. It's just that it took so long mm -hmm. that it was easier to take a rest or have somebody carry me because, and most of the time it was my husband, um, just because I couldn't do it. And so spending 22 days in the hospital fighting for my life was an interesting experience. I don't think at that point in time that I thought, hey, one day when I get through this, I'm going to run a half marathon. You're right. Because <laughs> I didn't. I um, 
I just thought, you know what, if I get through this, whatever my new normal is, I'm going to make the best of it. If that means I have to have an oxygen tank for the rest of my life, so be it. That's the consequence of my choices. If that means that I have to have a feeding tube, so be it. That's the consequence. If, if it meant that I had to have CF-related diabetes and take insulin shots for the rest of my life, I was going to figure out a way to make the best of it. And so the fact that I ran a half marathon um, back in September of 2019 was a big deal for me. It was, um, I, I can't say that I did it fast. Um, in fact, the entire race was really a struggle because I ended up getting a cold two weeks beforehand. And so I had to really cut back on my training because I couldn't breathe. So I needed to let my body heal. And so my muscles, like my leg muscles, were sore from the start line. And so what maybe could have taken me two and a half to 2.45, two and a half hours to two hours and 45 minutes ended up taking me three hours. But um, I didn't care. I was just so thrilled and happy and thankful Mm-hmm. to be able to get to that finish line and say, look, look how far I've come. So yes. it was a real emotional experience for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and just, I, I appreciate you sharing so much because as, as I'm listening, I'm just thinking like the fact that you even had the ability to think to yourself, well, first of all, the fact that that thought had to cross your mind, if I make it through this, that first of all is is so hard. But to know that even with that thought, you wanted to make the best of what I, wherever you were is mm-hmm. just re, seriously remarkable. Yeah, you know, half marathons are are not easy. Great. Yeah. I've, I've been running now for, um, gosh, I think it was in my mid twenties where I just started thinking, you know what? I have never run before. And maybe if I just walk a block, run a block, walk a block, run a block, maybe I can actually do it. And so it was something I started just for me. And back when we lived in Fargo and, um, I actually ran my first 5K at the beginning of that season where I wasn't doing medicine and my doctors were astounded because none of it made sense. They were obviously uh, concerned for my life and my health, but they were shocked that I could run. And I probably was running with lung functions at 60, maybe 50% of normal and it didn't hurt anymore. So. It, it was a real fascinating experience. I ran my first 5K in, I think, just right around 37 minutes. And just this past July, I ran a 5K in 31 minutes. So my new goal is to get my 5K under 30 minutes. So yeah, I don't know that I want to keep up with running so much. Longer right. distances are not as fun, and it's a lot, of, a lot of work and a lot of time. I would like to do another half at some point in my life, but I can shelf that idea for a few years. Yeah, that is so fantastic. You know, just to even think and hear that you're wanting to like improve your time. Like you're mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, I have, I mean, like that is a good time anyway. But the fact that you still are like, you know what, I'm going to see if I can just improve this a little bit more. Like what an amazing perspective. You know, I've always kind of, um, 
I, I've always wanted to do my best and then somehow become one of the best in the process. It yes. doesn't always work, but I always want to give my best. And so I think what I've learned over the last two years from working with a running coach is that, first of all, I'm capable of way more than I ever gave myself credit for. I, I started with a running coach almost two years almost three years ago, actually. And well, two years ago. And that first goal that we had was to run a 5k and um, get back into running again. And after I did that, she challenged me to run a 10k. And I did that. And it was somewhere around the 10k. Like it had to have been around the five mile mark of the 10k last October, where I got this crazy idea in my head of maybe I could run a half marathon. And so, um, it's fascinating what happens when we push ourselves. And I think what I see a lot with, with everybody, whether they have health challenges or not, is we don't push ourselves enough. We get stuck in our comfort zones and we start to believe this tape in our head that says, Oh, you can't do more than that. You'll never be able to rise up out of that. And that's just not true. We all have different challenges, but I think, part of the fun of life is pushing your limits and see what happens. Right. Oh, I love that. Don't you think the best things really do happen when you push yourself to just like ride over that? Like one thing that you have to get through is just truly the life that you want to live. Mm-hmm. I do. And I think I have learned so much in the last year training for this half marathon of what it takes to have mental persistence. Because I think so many times, you know, we can hear all of these positive messages of pushing through and think positively and all of that. But when you, when you get into that wilderness, like you've been talking about on some of your podcast episodes, like that, that wilderness is really dark sometimes and people give up so easily. Um, I know I've had seasons where I gave up, where I shrunk my dreams because I started to think that, well, I should just be thankful that I have a good, healthy life. And um, I, I tried having a regular a, a regular job instead of pushing myself to do things that maybe didn't even exist at the time. I mean, 20 years ago, podcasts like this and, and writing your own books and self-publishing them were, were available, but they were really difficult. They weren't as easy to attain. And um, now with technology, so many things are easy. You could decide to start a podcast tonight and have it up and running by, by tomorrow, really, yes, true. Um, depending on if you care about the quality of your recording. But right. a lot of times just starting is more important than having it perfect. And Absolutely. people give up so easily when they hit the first obstacle. Yeah. And I think we need to stop thinking that way. And the only way to do that is to first prove it to yourself that you can and then inspire others to come along with you. Yes, I love that so much. I think you're absolutely right. You know, when we hit a roadblock, a lot of times that's really that like make it or break it. Like either you keep going on through that um, Mm -hmm. or you, you know, stop at that point. Um, But I know for me personally, the times that I think back throughout my life when I have kept pushing through that have been some of my favorite times in life. And if you, I don't know about your podcast, but if you go back to, well, you said your husband, right? Like he's really good with like sound and stuff. So maybe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My husband does. Um, well, he works for a company that installs audio and visual equipment for commu- um, commercial companies oh, okay. and like schools, businesses yes. and churches. 
places like that. And he's very, very picky about sound. He always has been. He, When we first met, the joke was going to be that I would be the singer and he would be my sound man oh. because he ran sound at our church. And he just always liked that. And he has such a good ear for it. Yes. And so he edits the podcast on our show. He edits podcasts for other people. And um, it's always fascinating to, I can never hear the things that he can hear that are wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't have a trained ear for that. And I probably have, you know, some, so a little bit of hearing loss from side effects of medication or something like that, but he's really good at what he does. Yeah. That's fantastic. You know, when I think back to like the first podcast episode and, and I had someone helping me with the sound too, but you know, we both were just kind of like fumbling through it. We had never done a podcast before, you know? And so when mm-hmm. I think back to that, I mean, the sound quality was so poor on the first couple of, of episodes. And then I listen to it now and it's, you know, it's, I'm sure it could still improve, but it's way better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think about like, had I just heard those first few episodes and thought like, oh, it's terrible. It's not the level that I would want. I could have just stopped at that point mm-hmm. you know rather than moving forward and we wouldn't be sitting here today you know right and so yep. I think it it are, those choices impact way more people than we realize mm-hmm. he's gonna love that you have that perspective Kelly because I'm way more the one who's gonna be picky about the content uh-huh. and what's being said versus how it sounds yeah and maybe that's because a decade ago when I started my own personal growth journey I was listening to audios that were scratchy recordings from people on group phone calls, but that was the only way to get the content out there. And so they just dealt with it. And for me, I'd rather have good content than something that sounds pristine yes, in a yeah. podcast. You know? So we kind of, him and I disagree on things sometimes, but it it is fascinating to hear how people start because like I said, I mean, technology these days, you could even start with an iPhone and a little microphone or your your headphones yes. and yeah. get it started and it could potentially sound better than probably what our first episode sounded like years ago when yeah. we started yeah. So. yeah yeah it's it is really impressive you know if I'm being um, honest too though I have a, a little bit of like sensory stuff too and so like okay. the noise in the background is just like it almost hurt sure. I don't know how to explain it but it almost like hurts my ears and so that's yep. probably a portion of it I 100% agree though like content is like first and foremost but right by content is definitely <laughs> definitely that's good that. to know my my best friend and one of her kids have sensory processing um, challenges. And so learning about that has been fascinating because I never thought of it before. Yeah. Yeah. Most certainly. That's, that's really great. You know, um, I was listening every time I'm either interviewed on a podcast or I know I'm going to have someone who's also a podcaster. I like to listen to their episodes that morning. I don't know why. It just like gets me in the right mind frame, I suppose. And I was Uh listening this morning and you were reading a chapter of your first book. Is that right? That was that your first one. So I'm wondering, can you tell us a little bit about your books that you've written and that process for you? Sure. So I believe the book that is in that episode um, is my very first book that was called In Sickness and Health, Lessons Learned on the Journey from Cystic Fibrosis to Total Health. And it has been nearly a decade since I started the process of writing that book because my book started out as a, as blog posts. Okay, and yeah. so I would just kind of have these themes on my blog when I started out way back when. And eventually I just took some of that content 
and went deeper with it and turned it into chapters. And so for anybody who wants to write a book, that's a really easy way to get started because it gives you a chance to practice your content with people and also see how they're relating to it. Right. And so that's the first book that I, I started. It was small. I actually have it in front of me because oh, how fun! It's where I recorded it a couple weeks ago. So it was, you know, less than I think the actual content is right around 110 pages. Um, so I can't say that it was groundbreaking information, but it was a start for my story. And the books that I wrote after that, I've written a couple Bible studies, actually. Oh, cool. They're not available anymore. We, we self-published them through our company. And when we rebranded our company and went in a different direction, we decided to discontinue them. So mm -hmm. you might be able to find them on Amazon if there were extra copies that the, the printing company has on there. But um, you can do a search for Mandy B. Anderson and maybe find them. But um, my my book that I wrote that I'm probably the most proud of so far is She Who Overcomes um, Rising Out of the Ashes of Your Circumstances. And that's what my podcast started out as was um, I actually published that book in 2016 through Big Blue Couch Coaching. And it's one that we didn't want to discontinue because of the fact that it, it matches so well with the podcast. Yes. And it started out as a combination of my story along with some character principles that I gleaned from the book of Revelation, which oh, okay. is kind of a big project to take yeah. on because the book of Revelation is kind of like, why would you ever do that? It's, you can't make sense of it. Uh -huh. But what I noticed is in uh, the letters to the churches, there were a lot of character traits that, that were being called out. And so I remember thumbing through my Bible a couple months after our apartment fire way back in 2010. And I thought to myself, why, like every few passages, it said to him who overcomes. And it just really uh, pulled on my heartstrings. And I wanted to know more about that because I wanted to be a she who overcomes. I wanted to know what it takes to overcome and get those spiritual rewards, not only on the other side of, of life in heaven, if we share the same faith, but um, here on earth, like what does it take to have a fulfilling life on this planet in the midst of all of our obstacles? And so it, it was kind of a, maybe a lofty idea at the time, but I'm, I'm really proud of it because I don't have, I didn't go to Bible school. I don't have a degree in theology or anything like that. But what I've learned is how to take practical steps from the Bible or from other you know sources that I'm learning for for personal and professional growth and how do you activate that on a daily basis because right. in this day and age with social media you can see positive stuff all the time and we can share it and we can talk about it and you know have people be like yeah that's so awesome but where the rubber hits the road is if you're actually using it and I want to be somebody that applies it even when it's hard and yes. so um I don't I don't tell people that I've got it all figured out. I think I have seasons where I do really well activating things and other seasons where it's like, oh yeah, remember you don't have that figured out yet. So let's go back to the basics. So yeah, I love that. I honestly got chills when you were talking. I still have chills. Yeah, I still have chills. <laughs> They're still there. Um, just listening to you, you know, talk through that. And I think there are so many, so many parts, you know, I'm, I'm curious, what is it if, I don't know if it's hard to kind of summarize, but 
what does she who overcomes like if if you could explain to people and even just like a few sentences what that means to you like has it kind of become a mantra for your life would you say just the words she who overcomes or okay kind of um I've always been drawn to that idea of being an overcomer and I don't know if that's because I grew up with a disease and so I always want to push past those limits or what I mean I wanted to be a singer until I realized I hate giving concerts I only like singing one or two songs Uh and I I thought well what else am I going to do with my life I I want to inspire people and I used to be deathly afraid of public speaking like 20 years ago or 15 years ago and now I love it because I've I've learned how to overcome those fears of what are they going to think of me or what if I mess what mess up who cares if you mess up they they're people they understand what it's like to make mistakes so for me speaking is way more about connecting with people and and sharing a part of my life that can encourage them or equip them in some way and so for me this idea of she who overcomes it really is a kind of a life mission I think more than a mantra yeah I don't really go around saying she who overcomes other than for my podcast right right that's what it's called but I think people are drawn to what it takes to overcome. Yes. I don't think we naturally know that when life gets messy. We I mean even even when you have skills and resources to help you through those seasons, you get into a dark season and all of a sudden it's like wait a minute, what just happened? And we we work on these skills to be resilient and to overcome in the good times so that they come they come to us easier when the going gets rough. And so for me, I think I just always want to share with people the challenges that I have because we're all going to have a season where we need to overcome something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's easy to overcome it and other times it's really hard and difficult and it feels like it's not going to happen and we lose our hope. And so having people to look to who've been there and somehow made the best of it and come out stronger on the other side is something I think really precious and really important that this world needs. Hey guys, totally interrupting here. My apologies, but I wanted to let you know about our weekly newsletter. I'm not sure if you've seen me post about it or not, but it is a weekly newsletter from yours truly on the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. Get a more intimate look at how I view life how I am able to find people to be on the podcast and even be able to take part in who should be on the podcast. This community is for you. I want you, the encouragers, to be able to go out into the world and spread goodness. And I would love for you to be a part of that. Just go over to my website, www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast, and you will be able to sign up for the newsletter there. Now back to the show. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I love that. You know, as you were talking about public speaking and the perspective of other people and maybe potentially saying something or whatever that looks like, you know, someone had said to me once that um, when we see vulnerability, we always view that as brave and strength. But when we're being vulnerable, it feels like a weakness in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so most of the time when you're sharing something um, or we're sharing in general about our lives, people are viewing that as so brave. And so they're not picking up on those 
those little things that you might do. Like if you have a word slip or whatever that is, they're not picking up on that. They're just picking Mm -hmm. up that you had the bravery to get up there and share your story, which then impacts them. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes a lot of practice to share your story. I think uh, there have been clients that we've helped come up with their story and it takes a lot of uh, digging and and practice to figure out how to tell it in a way where you're not just telling details that people don't care about, but right. they're details that matter. And so the more you do it, the easier it becomes and the easier it becomes to find your message. Yes. Yeah. And, and don't you think when you get to what the root of your message is, in so many ways, it almost becomes a little bit more comfortable too, because it's truly just mm-hmm. what you really believe in life. Yep. And I think for me, I know there have been a lot of things this year where I've had to kind of wrestle with what do I really believe? Because I, I, I love taking personality tests and spiritual gift tests and all these things. And I always get the, the answers of you're a leader and you're an encourager. Mm-hmm. And I think this year has been one of the most challenging years for me when it comes to leading and encouraging because I've needed that myself. Mm-hmm. And I haven't always known what my message is this year as we've been rebranding our company and as our message, not that our message has changed, but the way we share it or uh, the the way it looks has changed. And so I've kind of been more quiet this year other than on my podcast, I mean, I think having my podcast has helped me make sure that I don't get lost in the messiness of, of life and of that wilderness of figuring out like, what, what am I doing? Who am I talking to? Who, who should I encourage? Cause right now I have nothing to tell people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something people need to know is that the people out there using their voice on a podcast or using their voice on social media, um, there are times where they don't feel like it. Yeah, absolutely. And they do it anyway, because that's part of what showing up means. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I've, I've been really honest about that. I mean, granted, there's a way to be honest about that and a way not to. Um, I don't sit here and air my dirty laundry, or I find the best way possible to share the reality of what I might be struggling with without um, throwing people under the bus or making it sound like a a negative, you know, Debbie Downer moment. But I think we need to know that people still go through things, even though they might be choosing to be positive on social media or choosing to be positive in their everyday life, because that's a choice we all have. We can either choose to be negative or we can choose to be positive. And I want to choose to be positive. So I have found for me, when I'm quiet on social media, um, it's probably because I don't know what to say. Like I'm wrestling with them some things and I haven't figured out how to be real and how to be positive at the same time. Yes. hundred percent. If that makes sense. Yes. hundred percent. I'm right there with you. And I am so thinking through like, that's how it is for me as well. And so listeners uh-huh. may notice the times that I'm more quiet on there is because I'm probably wrestling with something myself. And because of that, I may need to pull back in the ways that I'm showing up. Not that I won't show up for people, but just, I need to, right. I need to maybe look more inwardly for a while. I need to be able to like figure this out. And then I'm more than willing to share but in that moment, that may be what I need just for my own mental health and um, for my own life. 
Yeah. I love that because I, you're, you're a therapist. So yes. we're in the same realm of, of, yeah. of an industry, just going about it kind of different ways, but not really. Yep. Um, and I find for me, sometimes when I show up for people, it's, I have to show up first for myself, second for my, my husband and then for my clients. Yes. And sometimes after that, I don't, um, I, I don't have anything left to give to, you know, the people online that, that need encouragement. And so I think for me, I've been figuring out, okay, how can I do that? And that's when going back to the content I've written before is so valuable because I can take something that I wrote a decade ago and copy and paste it because it still works for yes. today. And that can be the encouragement. Like I don't always have to be uh, cultivating brand new stuff. Right. There, I can go back to what I've written before or what I've said before and share that because also social media has a very short lifespan as far as living in a newsfeed. And so uh, sharing it in that way can can be beneficial too. And I forget that just because I wrote it and I might be sick of hearing it doesn't mean that somebody else hasn't heard it yet or doesn't need it. Yes, absolutely. You know, some of the people that I just um, really admire a lot reutilize their content quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and most of the time, other people don't necessarily notice it. But if you're in like yep. this line of work where you, you know, are, are posting online, like you might pick that up, I think a little bit easier because we're just a little bit more mm -hmm. aware of what people might be doing what we're doing. But I do think that it's fantastic because I'm a firm believer that we need repetition in our life to pick up on mm -hmm. things. And so, that's so funny. I was just thinking, were that. you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So I think that's a huge part of it is like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, repeating some of that, especially when it's something that you believe in so deeply. Mm -hmm. Do you ever find Kelly that sometimes you talk about stuff on your podcast or share things online that you need more than anybody else. Okay. So I, I'm just going to be really real with everyone here. I have noticed that as my life has evolved, so have the guests that I have asked to be on my podcast. And have you ever heard about when people write a book, most of the time they're actually writing it for themselves and like what they're going yes. through and not other people other people necessarily mm -hmm. they a lot of times think that that's like what their intention is but really it's like based on whatever they're working through and I kind of feel like that for the podcast as well it seems mm -hmm. like in different seasons I may just really be drawn to ask somebody um basically I'm the type of person like I get a feeling that I should ask you to be on the podcast I'm asking you that's just as simple as it is yeah you know and then people can say yes or no but a lot of times I think that what is drawing me to certain people is just things going on in my own life as well mm -hmm. yes and in fact I have I have an idea for my next book. Oh my gosh. That I I'm working on. Yeah. But and that's probably actually my like the book after my next book because I've been working on writing my first fiction book all year. Oh, cool. And it's something that I had an idea for probably 7 years ago and I it was made aware to me that it was very clearly not the time to write it. Like God God shared some wisdom from two different people that you need to put this aside for now. Yeah. And I kind of thought I would put it aside forever. Like maybe I'm just not meant to write it. And about a year ago, I was like, no, I am meant to write. Like it is the time and I'm ready to share this story. And I'm 30,000 words in and I have had writer's block so bad over the last three months that I've just given myself permission to be like, okay, maybe you're still maybe you're still living some of this yourself that you're walking through that you're trying to share 
in a fictional way. So, um, but, but as I write this story, I realize that I'm writing this first for me. Yes. And this first draft is very clearly just for me. And so, um, I do think it is something that I want to pitch to actual publishers and not self-publish, but we'll see what happens. But that's so um, cool. It is so fascinating because I think I've heard it said before, too, that you first write not only with writing or with music, but with products that you design. Like first you solve a problem for yourself. Yes. And most likely other people need it, too. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much that like Mm -hmm. I I have never really thought about it like that. But yeah, that. I think that kind of summarizes my life and journey, to be honest with you. Figure it out yourself and then realize other people need yep. it too and share. I love that so much. I'm so glad you shared that. That's fantastic. You know, I'm wondering if you, you know, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, if you could just leave the listeners with just like one one thought, one thought or one idea that you're like, if you take nothing else away from our conversation, this is what I want to leave with you. What do you think that would be? So you you had given me this question to think about before we got on here. And I used to probably say that, you know, you can overcome and don't give up and, and all of that. But I think what I've learned this year is to keep pressing on. Um. I don't think I've ever had a year before where I've seen things go for full circle personally and professionally like this year. And if I had given up, um, none of that would have happened. And not like, not just like if I would have given up years ago, but even if I would have given up months ago, yes. none of it would have happened. And so I think we, we always want the easy fix, but pressing through and staying consistent is way more important than doing some big thing that gets instant results that everybody talks about because that actually doesn't happen. Yes. Um, Even with the people where they look like they're overnight successes, they had to put in years and years and years of hard work and dedication and being 100% committed to their dream before they saw the fruit of that. And so I think pressing through when it doesn't look like it's working or it doesn't look like it's going to get better is more important than, than anything else, because there will come a day where you're going to see fruit from that, but not if you give up. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. I love that so much. hundred percent. You know, I do find that very fascinating because we often do compare ourselves, right, to other people in their journey. But what's really is interesting is, I mean, I can't think of one single person that that I either follow or have met or whatever that may look like that hasn't had like several years before right. they have gotten to that point in their career where they're feeling like they're doing what they're really wanting to do or they feel like they've hidden the spot mm-hmm. that they've wanted to be in or whatever that may look like. And so I will remind myself of that as well sometimes. Okay. Like, you know, really in the grand scheme, I mean, I've been a social worker for almost 11 years now, but um, in the grand scheme of things, as far as my business goes, I'm really only in, let's see, this will be my fifth year. So like, I mean, I feel like I have, you know, probably another 
I mean, not that we're like saying for sure it has to be an amount, but I have another few years, I would say, before I really get a good grasp over like where I'm going and what I'm doing. And I mm-hmm. have like, I mean, I have, I have big dreams. I dream very big. Um, but I think that, I love that. Thanks. you know, sometimes it scares people. So I always warn people. I was interviewed for a podcast the other day and they were like, so what are, you know, where, you know, where are things going? And I'm like, okay, so I dream really big. So if that's not going to freak you out, I'll share with you. <laughs> but- <laughs> but I do like to give people that heads up. But I do, I, I try to tell myself that as well. Like it's that persistence. It's that continuing mm-hmm. to go. It's like you said earlier, you know, there are times when I don't want to do something, you know, um, mm-hmm. but when you do it anyway and you find a way through that, I think those are the things that compound on top of each other. Mm-hmm. There were days training for the half marathon that I didn't want to do it. Yes. But thankfully I had a running coach who, uh, she gave me like I would tell her what days I was running and if it wasn't uh if I didn't text her that day saying I got it done um I I was probably gonna get a talking to or at least get challenged like okay well why didn't you get it done or and honestly there weren't a lot of days where I didn't get it done having that accountability helped me yes but yeah there were a lot of days I didn't want to get it done I didn't want to go run for a couple hours on a long run Yes, Uh, absolutely. Because I knew it would be hard. Yeah. And if the weather was bad, I definitely didn't want to do it on a treadmill. That's boring. But I did it. Yeah. And um, just, you know, there's a lot of things I haven't wanted to do in life, but I I did it anyway because I'm a firm believer that we get this one life. Yes. We don't have time to waste here, people. Mm -hmm. Um, Like figure out what you want to do, figure out what you think your purpose might be and go after it. Yes. And I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize that I could have done more and I I missed it. Like, I think that's probably if I had a biggest fear, it's that I'm going to miss what I could have done. Yes. And so even if I'm trying or I'm diligently going for it, at least I'm going for it. Yes. Instead of just waiting for it to happen. And I, um, I use Pinterest boards as therapy. (laughs) Yeah. With my friends, my best friends and I, my two best friends and I have um, a Pinterest board that is private and it's where we can put all the snarky things on days where we're just, we can't handle it. And it's been a really good therapy for us because it makes us laugh. Yes. It helps us process things. And um, I was pinning a bunch of these coffee mugs the other day that had weird sayings on them. Some of them were funny, but in the midst of that, I came across one that was so simple. It was just a white coffee cup with black words that simply said, the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Oh, and I feel like I need that as a coffee cup, as a sign, as a daily reminder to place everywhere my eyes land because I I forget that. Yes. In oh. my own life. Yes, I love that so much. That one's definitely going to stick with me too. Thank mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for sharing. You you're know, welcome. I'm wondering if you're okay if I ask you a few questions that I ask everyone on the podcast? Absolutely. Are you familiar with Brené Brown? Do you know who I she love is? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I kind of okay, thought you I probably do. I have not read her newest book. I have it, Braving the Wilderness, but I haven't uh-huh. read it yet. But oh, I have okay. read Daring Greatly and is it rising rising strong yeah rising, rising strong. strong and then yeah. i think she has gifts gifts excuse me gifts of imperfect imperfection 
Yeah, I haven't read that you one. You know, yet that either. one was kind of hard. I'll be honest. Year. You know, I don't want any like you know anyone sending me any you hate Brene Brown mail, but because um, I don't, I absolutely love her. But that book was hard for me to get into, to be honest. No, but it was her first book, and yeah. usually the first one or two are, you know. We're trying. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and there's still, I want to be clear, there are still some, you know, little nuggets that I've heard here and there, but sometimes it's just mm-hmm. a little bit hard to get into those. So, so yes, yeah, so Braving the Wilderness. So she has this concept and, and it really is, this is my words, not hers, but it's essentially like taking that step into the wilderness, you know, knowing that that you're alone, but you, you know, take that step and you really find yourself and other people along the way. And so I'm wondering if you can think about a time in your life that you feel like you have stepped into the wilderness. I think my wilderness was, um, I think I've had a couple of them. My first wilderness was probably the, um, 2010 to 2012 going through losing an apartment, losing my home, um, losing my health, and there was a lot of um, introspection that I had to do during that time, a lot of digging. And that was my first wilderness. I think the second wilderness, the last two years of business have been that. It's been um, kind of, I, I think being an entrepreneur can be a lonely road. And I'm an entrepreneur on this journey with my best friend. So thankfully, I have somebody who can help with that, but also, I, um, you know, my husband and I don't have any kids and he travels for work sometimes. And so there's times where I'm alone and it feels lonely. And I think that can be a wilderness in and of itself because you get to choose during that time. Okay. Are you going to reach out to people? Are you going to spend time with your creator? If you're, if you believe in God, are you going to use that time to build a new skill like what are you going to do with it and I think um that feeling of loneliness is something that we all struggle with yes and I've just kind of felt this year like heading into this year that I knew for some reason that it was going to be a lonelier year Mm -hmm. I just I'm not sure why I just had this feeling and so um I think that this year has has been an interesting paradigm of being in a wilderness, but also starting to see the the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. So I think, I think that would be my answer. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. (laughs) You know, isn't that interesting that sometimes we do almost get a little sense of like what might be coming, like not exactly, Mm -hmm. but just a little sense of like, this might be a hard season I'm going into. Yep. So that's really cool that, that you were able to have that. You know, I'm wondering when you think throughout your life, who would you say, and it can be more than, I used to just ask people, who's your biggest encourager? That is so hard. There are Mm -hmm. just too many people in life. So if you think about your biggest encouragers throughout life, who would they be? My parents have always been uh, really big encouragers in my life, and and they still are to this day. Um, my husband is probably my number one cheerleader. He sends me a text message message every day um, telling me that he loves me. He believes in me. I'm beautiful, like in some that. Yes. form of, of words. And we never used to have that. Um, it's really been just the last six or seven years of our marriage that he's he's done that. And I am an encourager, but I need so much encouragement in my life. And so he, um, he definitely gives that. And then my two best friends, Rachel and Madison, um, were, 
were able to encourage each other and be there for each other. They're, they've become the sisters I always wanted yes. as an only child. And so I would say those five people. Yeah. I have other ones too, but those are the ones that have, you know, established longevity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's what I think makes the question so hard is because there's almost like people along the way too that are encouragers, mm-hmm. but it's like the foundation of your encouragement yes. are typically, you know, some core people. And that's what it sounds like for you too. So it's pretty great. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about if somebody wants to follow your journey, where would they find you on social media? Um, can you share your, your podcast again and books as well? So people can try to find those. Absolutely. So my podcast is called She Who Overcomes. You can find it on um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. It's now available on iHeartRadio on their podcast platform. Um, you can go to mandybanderson.com. It's M-A-N-D-Y-B-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N.com. And that has my podcast and all of my social media links as well. And you can find my company at raymateam.com, R-A-Y-M-A-T-E-A-M.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And the best part too is that our conversation is not done. We need to make sure we tell people I'm that. I'm so excited. So we're going to pop I'm over. so excited. We're going to pop over to your podcast. So listeners are going to want to make sure that they go over there um, mm-hmm. so they can continue to hear, you know, us just, you know, talk, um, just talk about life and about some really, I, I don't want to share too much because I want people to I go know. check it out, but I'm really excited. I get to excited. interview you. Yes. So and we get to flip things around a little bit. So that'll be so fun. But thank you so much for being on the show You're today welcome. and for sharing so thank you so much kelly it's an absolute honor and i'm excited that um i've listened to one of your podcast episodes and i'm going to add it to my lineup to listen to more of them because it looks like you have some amazing interviews with other people as well so thank yes. you so much yes. for letting me be in that lineup absolutely thank you Thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. For all things related to this episode, please go to www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast, where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. See you next week for another episode.